good morning, Carpenter's Way. Good to see all your smiling faces. For those of you visiting, we do this every week, just so you know. Sorry, that's Mark's joke. I stole it. Uh, everybody else, uh, there's got to be some faces you haven't seen. Uh, why don't you get up on your feet, find somebody, hug a neck, give a high five, shake a hand, tell them Happy Easter. Oh, yeah. 
Well, he is risen. Hey, there you go. Well, we are so glad that you've chosen to come and to celebrate and worship with us this morning. And this is the thing I want you to understand as we celebrate today. That, man, that song is so true. That today, our debt's been paid. It's a debt that we couldn't pay no matter how hard we tried, no matter what we did. And Jesus chose in the garden to say, Dad, if this is the way, let's do this. And he did. And today he rose from the grave, and that's what we celebrate this morning, because the reality is hope is alive through the person of Jesus, right? And so no matter who you are, where you've been, that hope is for you. No matter where you've been or what happened to you, that hope is for you. And that's what we celebrate this morning. We are so glad that you've come to be with us today. Uh, if our ushers would come forward, we're going to prepare to receive our offering. And if you're not a... Uh, well, yeah, I like to do that every week, right? Yeah. And if you're a guest with us here this morning, we just want you to celebrate with us our risen Savior. Uh, we don't expect you to give this morning. This is the responsibility of our folks here at Carpenter's Way. But we're so glad you've chosen to worship with us. Let me pray for us, and we're going to continue to celebrate. God, we set aside a few moments today to step back, and just to think about what today really, really means. It really, really means that our debt is paid. It really, really means that we can have a relationship with you. It really, really means that you love us with this unfathomable love. And we celebrate that this morning because hope is alive. And God, I pray this morning that if we don't know that for ourselves, that you would remind us and show us that this morning as we worship together and God, as we're encouraged. But God, most of all, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being willing to sacrifice your son for us. You didn't wait for us to figure it out. You didn't wait for us to ask you. Your word tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we celebrate this morning. We have hope. We celebrate this morning because Jesus is alive. God, we give you this time and pray that you would be blessed and honored as we worship you this morning and as we celebrate. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Early on Sunday morning, it's a new day, was dawning. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven. He rolled aside the stone and he sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear when, when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified, but he isn't here. For he has risen from the dead, just as he said he would. Come and see where his body was laying. And now go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead, that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. And remember what I have told you. The women quickly ran from the tomb. They were frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and they worshipped him.
a dream in every heart for more. More hope, more joy, more peace. But there's a question that fills the space. Is it really possible to have that? I mean, we live in a damaged world. A world full of broken promises, full of hurt, full of pain. We see injustice all around us and evil seemingly triumphs. But there is a hope. A light that shines and illuminates all darkness. A savior fills the space. He is the change we long for. He is the one who brings chaos into order. He is the strength to heal our brokenness. And he is the grace that empowers us to live a fulfilled life. He is the one that never changes and nothing will ever shake him. He reaches the darkest places of our world and he knows no limitations. For he is fearless and his love for us is fierce. He is the spotless one who was sacrificed for all of humanity. Stand and worship with us. You're more than welcome. From heaven's throne, you came to us and set your heart upon the cross. We'll never know the sacrifice you made for all our sin and all our shame. You took the nails, you took our place, and no one else could do what you have done. One name, one name is higher, one name is stronger than any grave, than any throne. Christ exalted over all. From the grave where death would die, you rose again and brought us life. You're reigning now, the Savior of the world. Oh, you're reigning. 
this poem, and um, if you want to see it, you can. Um, the words will not be on the screen. I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, I think it really fits uh, with, with this morning, so uh, I'll just read through that for you. It's called Easter Joy. Jesus came to earth to show us how to live, how to put others first, how to love, and how to give. Then he set about his work that God sent him to do. He took our punishment on himself. He made us clean and new. He could have saved himself, calling angels from above, but he chose to pay our price for sin. He paid it out of love. Our Lord died on Good Friday, but the cross did not destroy. His resurrection on Easter morn, it fills our hearts with joy. Now we know our earthly death, like his, is just a rest. We'll be forever with him in heaven where life is best. So we live our lives for Jesus. Think of him in all we do. Thank you, Savior. Thank you, Lord. Help us love like you. Cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see His his hands, his feet, my Savior on that curse. 
stand in awe. I don't think our, our minds can really uh, wrap around what happened this morning some 2,000 years ago. All that was accomplished, all that was wiped away in an instant. God, we stand and we, we praise you. We glorify your name and we thank you for your grace, for your amazing grace that catches us where we are takes us down this road, this journey where we can walk in peace, we can walk in love, knowing that the Father himself has declared us righteous. That the only one worthy, the only one that has the power and the authority to declare us righteous has in fact declared us righteous because of this weekend. So God, we praise you, we glorify you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Oh, hey, hon. Oh, hey. I'm back. I uh, got the salt and pepper shakers done, and I put the soup on. Thank you so much. I never know if I made too much or not enough. Oh, it, it'll be fine, especially today. So how was it? Well, it, it was good. Well, actually, it was more than good. Oh, it was just so sweet and so moving. It was just really uplifting. It's just a crazy thing, isn't it? He was such a great youth pastor. I know. And to think about the fact that he died over spring break on a youth retreat. Such a freak accident. Yeah. At least nobody else got hurt, though, right? <laughs> well, except for the kids and their broken hearts. Yeah. Which, by the way, a few of them are on their way here. Um, I saw Richard and Margie at the funeral, and, well, they're bringing their girls, and, oh, a few of the others that were there, oh, they were so brokenhearted. I can't even imagine what they must be feeling right now. I know. You know, Fred was such an awesome youth pastor, remember? He took the time to get to know every single one of those kids individually. He loved them all. I'm afraid they're going to be lost without him. Well, just remember that they're young and resilient. And maybe the Lord will use this to make them stronger. Hi, Jay. Oh. Hey. How are you guys doing? Hey. Oh, Molly. Thank you for coming to the funeral. I know Peggy really appreciated you being there. Well, you know, Fred was the youth pastor for our kids, too. And he was such a big influence on them and really on us as parents. Oh, how's Peggy taking it? You know, she she's always just been our rock, but right now she's inconsolable. 
But Madison, it's like nothing's phasing her. Well, Madison's only been with you since Christmas, right? Yeah. Well, he, she just never formed an attachment to Fred, really like the other kids did. True, but Fred was able to crack through that tough veneer of hers, and she just quickly became one of the group. Oh, she looked up to him so much. I just cannot believe it's all over. I know, right? I kept expecting him to jump out and holler, April Fools, but he never did. Oh, well, what's over? This. Uh, the diner? No, Madison, this. Our group. Oh, that. Fred has been my youth pastor since I was 12 years old. He was supposed to speak at my graduation. Peggy, somebody else will speak. It'll be okay. We will be okay. No, you don't understand. It'll never be okay again. You should be happy. He's with God now. God's got this. Remember, all works together for good, for I know the plans I have for you, and you know the scriptures better than I do. It's not the same. You're a brand new Christian. How could you possibly know how I feel? You can't know. There you go, guys. Madison, you need to give Peggy a break right now. She's going through a really difficult time. I can see that, but why doesn't she believe all she said? Isn't God in control even when somebody dies? Yes, he absolutely is, but she's never been through anything like this before in her life. I have a feeling that her faith is being deeply tested right now. Yeah, I don't guess any of us really have. Maybe a grandparent or distant relative, but never one of us. Well, she shouldn't jump all over me for pointing out something she should already know. Yes, that's, that's probably true. She shouldn't. But even adults, when they lose somebody that's special to them, they really don't know how to handle it emotionally. Peggy, how old were you when you became a believer? I was about eight. Why? And let's see, how old are you now? Seventeen. So you've been a Christian for nine years. Yes, ma'am. And you met Fred when you were twelve. So, um, who led you to the Lord? I don't know. My parents? Well, we may have helped you say the prayer, but who really led you? I guess the correct answer is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> well, that's right. Was the Holy Spirit with Fred when he was alive? Yes, of course. Very much so. He lived and breathed his faith. He was different from anyone I'd ever met. Well, then... Did the Holy Spirit go with Fred when he died? Well, so where's the Holy Spirit now? Like, is he here? Yeah, he is. Sweetheart, whose Bible is this? That one's mine. You and Mom gave it to me when I moved up in the youth a pretty long time ago. Yeah, it's been a while. So tell me, what's all this writing in your Bible? Things that meant a lot to me are times when God spoke to me through the scripture, or maybe even promises, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So your Bible speaks to you? Yeah, I guess so, in certain ways. Hey, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, you got this Bible for Christmas when you turned 11. So this Bible spoke to you since you were a little girl? Well, the Bible didn't speak. God spoke. When's the last time God spoke to you through the Bible? Last night, I guess. What are you trying to get at? Well, you see, here's a book written by Luke. Luke's dead, right? Right. But his words live on. Yeah, especially at Christmas. Well, here's a book written by Paul. 
Paul wrote half the New Testament. He wasn't even there with Jesus, and yet his words are quoted all the time. Well, it is the living word of God. I may be a baby Christian and all that, but it seems to me that God's been working through you long before you ever knew Fred. And even since he's been gone, God hasn't left you. Maybe not. I know that. In my head, I know that, but it just hurts so much. You know, as I've been listening to you guys talk, I was wondering, if Fred were able to come back for a moment and give you some counsel, what do you think that he would have you do right now? Ooh, I know. He'd want us to carry it on. Oh, and to remember what he taught. And to never forget. You guys remember that song Fred's been teaching us the last couple weeks? Yeah, I think so. I think it really fits here. We remember what you did. We remember what's been done. By the God who was and is. By the God who's yet to come. We remember how you say. We recall the lost were found. You were present yesterday. You are moving even now. We will not forget, Lord, you are faithful. You're not finished yet. There's more to come. We'll keep pressing on and this will be our song. We will not forget. Through the valleys we have walked. Up the mountains we have climbed. Over giants we have climbed. All with Jesus by our Fred would not have wanted all that he had taught us to just go with him and not be lived out, but 
It's just so hard to carry on without him. You've already started carrying on, Peggy, by living out your love for the, for the Lord, not Fred. And it was that love that gave me hope when I came to those three new things I really didn't have much to look forward to. Now look at you. You're so irritatingly enthusiastic. I know. <laughs> but Peggy. Yes, Madison? People like me need people like you to look up to. And the way you look up to Fred, I look up to you. Well, I don't know if I'm ready for that responsibility. Well, ready or not, Peggy, you really have the baton now. You've been a Christian a lot longer than the rest of us. You know, I was just thinking, you guys in a, in a very real way are in the same boat the disciples were the night Jesus was killed. Um, how was that? Well, like Fred was your pastor, Jesus was the disciples' rabbi. And yes, they knew that he was God, but he taught them about the Father and everything else. I mean, they had left family and friends and jobs just to follow him for three and a half years. And then, even though he said he wouldn't be with them forever, he was killed, and they watched it. The scriptures actually tell us that they went and hid in an upper room and actually locked the door because they were so afraid. They didn't know what, the ne what, what would come next. They were really scared, just like you guys. Maybe you lost somebody special to you. Maybe somebody that's a leader in your life, a pastor, a husband, a wife, somebody that you depended on, walked out or died. And maybe you're thinking here today, I've been through the Easter story, I know all about it, but Jesus came back three days later. The person I depended on won't. You know, it, it is interesting when we come to Easter together because, you know, most of us understand that it's about being saved. But, you know, the story of the resurrection has a lot to say to us while we live before we die. I mean, we think if we call on the name of the Lord, we'll be saved. That's true, and we sort of expect that to start the moment we die. But actually, Jesus in John 16 explained to the disciples while they were heading to Jerusalem for him to be put to death, he explained to them that he was going to be gone for a little while, and then he would come back, but he would only be back for a short time, and then he would leave again. Forty-some days later, about a month and a half, he left them. He ascended into heaven. And he explained to them that the reason he needed to leave again was so that he could send somebody greater than himself to live within them. He was referring to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a funny, funny part of the Trinity. I mean, today in the church, we talked about him convicting people of sin, and we talk about him helping us to worship. But the truth is that Jesus Christ explained that the Holy Spirit would actually live within the disciples and us, guiding us, directing us, giving us hope and courage and strength. Jesus said he needed to leave to go sit at the right hand of the Father where he would talk to his Father as our sympathetic high priest. In other words, he's talking to the Father about us right now, explaining to him the difficulty of life. You know, even Christmas we get wrong. Christmas isn't just the birth of our Messiah. It's the birth of our Messiah so he could live here for 33 years so that he could understand the difficulties of life. And there are difficulties. Whether you're a Christian or not, death happens, Life happens, work happens. But if you're a child of God, right now, Jesus Christ is speaking to the Father, and together they're communicating to the Holy Spirit, who lives within us, how to give us strength and courage, how to keep us going. Peggy, listen. I know that your heart is broken. And I know that you're wondering right now what's going to come next. And I know you're wondering who's going to lead you. But remember what Fred taught you about the Holy Spirit. The minute you accepted Jesus Christ to forgive your sin, the scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit came to live within you. This is a verse that Fred used to talk about. 
It's from Romans chapter 8. It says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your body in the same way because the Spirit lives within you. Listen, you will be fine. You will make it. And the Holy Spirit will be with you the whole way. While Fred led you, led you and counseled you from the outside, the Holy Spirit lives within you, prompting you, guiding you, directing you, giving you strength when others put pressure on you you don't think you're qualified for. I know my friend, my mentor is gone. But you're right, I haven't lost my hope. Because my hope is found in the power of the Holy Spirit. My purpose now is to live out that hope for Madison and for every single person I get to meet along the way. Just like Fred had lived that out for me. In this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken generation When all is dark you help us see There is only one salvation, we believe, we believe, we believe in God the Father, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered hell. We believe in the resurrection. And he's coming back again. We believe. Just stand with us. Sing this out. So let our faith be more than anthem. Greater than the songs we sing In our weakness and temptations We believe We believe 
Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered hell. We believe in the resurrection. Oh, and He's coming back again. We believe. Listen, I know that some of you came today because your mother made you. I know that some of you came today because you're honoring a family member and lunch isn't served till after the service. But I want to tell you something. What is it you believe in that's giving you hope? What's working? What isn't working? We want you to know that this is not about being Baptist. It's not even about church attendance. It's about Jesus Christ who died and was resurrected, who left us so he could send the Holy Spirit to live within us, to give us hope and strength and courage and all the things we need to make it. Life is nuts. Jesus Christ brings order out of chaos. And for you who are children of God, the resurrection is, is not just about what happens after you die. It's what happens the moment you accept Christ as your Savior. Go live loud. Declare what you believe unapologetically and unashamed. T today isn't the end. It's the beginning. It's the end of the beginning. So go live it. Thank God that Jesus Christ is risen. He's risen Come on, you can do better than that. Jesus Christ is risen. Jesus. Happy Easter, everybody.